It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Zombieland Double Tap. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother Dusty. So, Dusty, which is a better rule? Um, double tap or confirm your kill? I'm absolutely thinking confirm your kill. I love double tap because you definitely want to. But if you try to double tap and you miss, you don't really hit where they need to. You confirm the kill. I think confirming is absolutely the right way to go. For sure. And I like that initial scene when they're uh, not initial, but later on in the movie when they, when we first introduced to the T-800 it takes like 30, 30 bullets. Uh, double tap wasn't good enough there. Well, it seems like you would need to do like a Walking Dead type of thing where you need to be driving in a car going 100 miles an hour and shoot every single zombie in the brains so they die, you know, and and every single shot is 100% perfect right in the brain. So they just need to be like the Walking Dead. You're right. You're right. And that's why every weekend I go out and I practice that skill for 30 minutes, 300 rounds, you know. That's driving awesome. and shooting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I'm actually... I. Uh, so much more uh, happy. I went when into the movie, you know, you and I, we don't ever watch trailers, which is as best we can. We try not to watch the trailer. So I had no clue that, you know, anything that was going on. And so going and watching the, the movie, I was much more pleased. And um, after watching, was it a week or two ago, we watched Zombieland 1. And then watching this one, I was happy. I was glad I got to go see this one. I thought it was a good um, uh, it, I don't know if it replaced or not replaced, but like did better than the first one, but it continued the story, which I really liked. I agree with you. Continued the story. And for me, I did have more fun watching this one. I think in 2009, I don't think I caught it in theaters. I think I probably caught it on DVD afterwards. And that was a really fun experience. First time watching Zombieland, but this one guaranteed in the theater sitting next to my boys. Uh, they loved it. I loved it too. Super fun theater movie. Yeah, definitely. And I remember watching the first one. I thought, oh, you know, it's enjoyable because I think you're the one that told me, hey, you should go check out Zombieland. I was like, all right. So I watched it and um, really, really entertaining. I think Bill Murray was probably my favorite um, in Zombieland, the first one. But you're building characters, you're building everything up. And I want to ask you now, do you remember when we had predictions of what Zombieland 2 would be like? Yes, I kind of remember what our predictions were. And I think you were spot on. I was really close. So my number one thing, if I remember correctly, it was that, um, is it Tallahassee, um, Woody Harrelson? Yes. Yes. Tallahassee would get a girl and he would be, you know, uh, going off in that direction. I completely did like that. That did play out a little bit in this one, but I completely didn't think about the 10 year old be getting older and then wanting to do that. If I would have just, you know, kind of thought, you know, who they are and how old they are. I just kind of thought like literally right then and there. Uh, but then this is 10 years later. She's now 20 and she's now like, Hey, I just want to, I want to be with other, you know, people my age and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think that, um, in general, I had a decent understanding or I think, you know, prediction of what it's going to be, but that was one twist. I just didn't put myself in the position of a 10 year old girl turning, you know, 10 years later being actually turning into a woman and what she's going to go through. Yeah, I got you. That makes total sense. And, uh, as soon as I saw that aspect of the movie, how she wanted her own boyfriend or find other people, it reminded me of Kristen Dunst's character or Kirsten Dunst's character in interview with a vampire. Like, she became a vampire at like 
12 years old, and now she's going to be a vampire forever at that young age, that same little kid body and stuff. I mean, yeah, eventually you're going to get pretty freaking tired of that. So Abigail Breslin's character of a little rock, I understand what she's where she was coming from. Wait, 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 wait. Hold the presses. You watched Interview with a Vampire? Of course I did. It was Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. How can you not watch it? Uh, You've never easily. seen it? I, I think I watched like, uh, I, I turned it on, it was on. I was like, I watched like maybe a, 10 minutes of it. And I was like, dude, this sucks. And I turned it off. <laughs> oh man, no, it, it's a good movie. It's a fun, now, I was just about to say it's a fun watch. I don't know how it holds up because I I watched it probably right around the time that it came out. I remember enjoying it, but I've never wanted to watch it again. So uh, it's not something I would recommend necessarily yeah. to you. Yeah, that's it was too it seemed too girl not girly, but like I don't know. I, I, I think it's too much like drama as opposed to like fun, action packed underworld kind of vampire stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not against drama. There are some good good movies that I probably wouldn't watch again, like Meet Joe Black. I, it, the acting was really good. There was uh, some uh, funny parts, and it was pretty interesting. Like the story was fun to watch, um, but it was all drama. And when you get down, you're like, man, I feel like I'm just woke up out of a, a deep sleep. That I'm just kind of, anyways. It, and so that was, but you know, going to this one, totally different. Where all the entire movie, I was enjoying every bit. Like I was, I was having a good time, and that's why I like watching movies, or I go to watch movies, is to enjoy myself. And you know, I, I personally thinking of like horror movies and stuff. I'm not a big fan just because I like to be entertained in a fun way, in a happy, not not necessarily happy, but just just entertained in that way. Other people want to be entertained with gore and you know horror movies and all that sort of stuff, but. Um, when it comes to Zombieland 2, Double Tap, I thought that, yeah, it, from beginning to end, I enjoyed every step of the way. A couple parts come, came in my brain. I was like, I wonder why they're doing that. I wonder why this. But they they rounded it out. Like the story, they did a good job altogether. 100%. And I I really enjoy how it leaned into what worked with the first movie. Like the, the interactions between Columbus and Tallahassee, as well as the two gals. I mean, that was all fun watching them be kind of a family again and then falling apart and then coming back together. The slow motion intro scene with Metallica once again, Master of Puppets, that was freaking incredible. The text on the screen, um, uh, revisiting rules, some new rules, learning some new commandments, all the blood and carnage, the fourth wall breaking that Columbus did, uh, you know, talking to the audience and stuff, the comedy, how it was kind of like easy to live in a zombie world. It wasn't such a difficult, hard scrabble, uh, uh, walking dead kind of life. I liked how they leaned all of it, repeated all of it, but then they upped the scale a bit with like some new zombies and new characters. Uh, and then the T8, T800, all that kind of stuff. You know, I think they nailed it with this one. I did. One thing I didn't like was too much like the original one when you have the two girls up and leave after 10 years of being with them. You know, one gets scared off, one wants to leave because it's fine. I just I, I thought, you know what? It, it would have been better if Tallahassee left and they had to go find him and still work in the same type of drama. But it was the same thing over again. And this is one thing I remember a couple of movies recently. Uh, it was a little while ago, um, like Wreck-It Ralph. Um, we watched and Rick Ralph two, but then also the other one was uh, Lego movie two. And both of those, you said that they rehashed the same, um, you know, yes. same things. And, and it was basically, you know, there was nothing new in it. And I was wondering if you were going to think that same way with this movie. I kind of did, but, uh, you probably know my favorite food is pizza and specifically pepperoni pizza, right? Yep. 
I can eat it every single day. I can easily eat it once a week for sure for lunch, dinner, and breakfast that exact same day. Love pepperoni pizza. I never get bored of it. So if somebody can do, if one company can do a great pepperoni pizza, I'll eat it. If another company can do a great pepperoni pizza, if I go to them next week and it's still good again, I am going to love it. So they nailed it, even though it was a lot of the same motifs and same ideas, um, they did it so well this second time that I understand what you're saying, but I did not feel bored by it at all or felt that they really screwed up by repeating some of the stuff. Yeah. And um, when I look at all three different movies, Zombieland, um, Wreck-It Ralph and Lego Movie 2 and all the Lego movies, um, they all, they have to start, they start someplace. They have to keep going the same characters and things like that. That's why I was, I was like, I wonder, since I know Sky really, really likes Zombieland 1, if he likes Zombieland 2, I don't think he's going to say they're rehashing the same stuff. I think you're going to be like, no, it was okay, as opposed to Wreck-It Ralph and Lego Movie 2. I'm just noticing a difference in you. If you like, like the movie, you're okay with it. If you don't like the movie, like, eh, it was just, you know, that's a negative aspect of the movie. I, I find that in order to tell a story right from part one or, you know, movie one, movie two, movie three, or, or and so on, you have to keep very similar um, characteristics of the characters and things like that. And so that, I guess that was one reason why with um, the two girls leaving, I thought that after 10 years of being together, it's like that's out of their system. Tallahassee, you know, maybe at the same time, I, I just kind of thought that would be a little bit of a twist that should have been, um, in my opinion, is Tallahassee leaves. And then the gr- uh, girls and, and um, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Eisenberg. Columbus. Columbus, yeah. They would have to go find him. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? I do like that idea, and it would have taken the movie in a completely different direction. I would have been down with that as well. Um, But, you know, either way, I'm good with it. Now, you've said a couple times it's been 10 years. I know that the first movie came out in 2009. This one is 2019. But did they say at any time it's been 10 years? Because I was listening for it, and I just missed the idea that it actually, within the movie, it's been 10 years. Oh, I could have swore I heard. That's why I remember the 10. Because okay. it was in the movie, or at least I remember it somewhere in the movie that say, you know, 10 years later, or, you know, this girl who, you know, she was 10 years old, now she's 20 or something like that. I just remember it being around 10 years. Gotcha. Okay. I just, I missed, I was listening for it, but missed it. Um, But I do have a question for you. Is there anything that as you were watching it, maybe afterwards, you felt that they left something out that should have been in the movie? Wow. Okay. Well, I, that's a, only thing I can think of. And I loved how they brought it in. And this is totally because they did bring it in. They married somebody. (laughs) I was like, I loved that. Like, that was brilliant writing, in my opinion. I absolutely thought that was absolutely fantastic. But what did you think was left out? They introduced the idea of ninja zombies in the beginning, but ninjas never came into play. I felt that they should have been attacked in the White House one night by like three ninja zombies. I think you are absolutely right because we see the three, um, or they show us the three, and then also the T eight hundred comes comes, but we see the two. You know, hey, there's the um, uh, the Hawking, and then there's the Homer, but you don't see the ninja, which is a rather rather bummer. So yeah, I think that was definitely a miss that they had. Yeah, my guess is they left it on the cutting room floor. It, yeah, probably, mm-hmm. probably because you would think that they would show that, but yeah, I. In watching the whole thing, though, I felt like there weren't any holes in the movie. And obviously a plot twist that I thought could have been was Tallahassee leaving. But I didn't find any holes. I didn't find anything like problematic with the script and the storyline and the storytelling aspect of the movie. That's why I really, really like I guess I just really like good stories when I'm watching 
watching the movies. Now, when it comes to the the budget, I looked at it. it took or they cost forty two million dollars to make this movie. Now I know they got CG and stuff like that, but is that what movies are now costing? Like in the like forty to fifty or a hundred million? Like can they make any movies for like five million dollars anymore? I, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, it's well. Any big release in theaters are definitely going to be those bigger budget forty to uh, Avengers was like three hundred million or whatever. Man, just crazy money to spend on a movie. It's just crazy. And then the opening week, so he started at forty two million dollars in the budget, twenty seven million opening weekend, which was great. Um, the gross USA is right around the same. Community worldwide is all, is thirty five million. So they're gonna. I think they're easily gonna beat it. Now I went to the five dollar theater again, and literally twenty five minutes of of trailers, and that's how they. I think they get away with doing the five dollar um, theater. So I just show up like twenty minutes late, and then walk right in, and <laughs> that's when it gets started. Yeah, I got you. Speaking of the trailers, we got there a little bit early, had to sit through two trailers. Um, but I kind of I kind of closed my eyes during the Bad Boys trailer, but it's interesting. They they never used to do this in trailers, but maybe because Double Tap was rated R in the Bad Boys trailer, Martin Lawrence says you are effing up the lyrics, but he uses the F word, and I was all, "Whoa, in a trailer before a movie they use that?" But it occurred to me it's a rated R, but that's something new that they're doing in trailers now, I guess. That's that is interesting. I I I don't know if that's well because yeah, you're sitting in an R-rated movie. You know, I guess they have different trailers. They put them out for different, I guess, audiences. You know, they make one. I was in fact, I was just watching on YouTube the Zombieland trailer all over again, and they're dropping f bombs all over the place in the trailer on YouTube. And I was like, oh wow, that's that I, that that literally like five minutes ago took me aback. I was like, oh wow, they're dropping f bombs in the trailer on YouTube. So, but then you also watch other ones. And they replace those words with other words. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. What did you think about one of our newest characters? The first new one that we meet in this movie, Madison. Madison? (laughs) Totally. I liked her just because she's totally different. And you're like, how in the world are you still alive? I mean, not just zombies going and killing you, but other humans being stupid and bad going and doing something bad to you. Like, how in the world are you still alive? Like, she walks into the candle store with him in there and, you know, makes noise and he almost shoots her. It's like, how in the world are you still alive? What do you think? Yeah, I well, I thought she was great. I absolutely loved her. And, and I guess the, maybe the first lesson to take away is zombie apocalypse, find a Baskin-Robbins freezer to hang out in. And it's really cold in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> wow, but here's, okay, here's the thing. Why is electricity still going? It's been 10 years. I said, okay, you know, I think they said something like, um, did they say a power plant? No, it was like They said the rain keeps falling, which creates hydroelectric power, so you still have electricity. Got it. That uh, th- Just that one line helps you to realize why there's still power going on. And yeah. Okay, so... What do you think about the uh, Elvis getting all that the aspect of Elvis and bringing that all into the um, uh, storyline? I loved it. I mean, they 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 brought out an icon in the first movie with Bill Murray. This one, you bring out uh, Elvis, and it makes total sense. I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought it was great, and I don't remember the lady's name, but she's pretty- Nevada. Nevada, yeah. She's Rosario a, uh, Dawson. Rosario Dawson, yeah. She's a great actress. I think she does a great job. I liked seeing her. I love seeing Luke Wilson. I thought that was brilliant bringing him and I guess Thomas Middleton. Middle, Middle, Middle Ditch. Ditch. Middle Ditch? 
Yeah. Middle Ditch, interesting name. And Flagstaff, that's actually really close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm in Phoenix. Flagstaff's only like a two and a half hour drive north from me. But uh, yeah, I, I liked seeing that. It, that was rather interesting. And what was great was in the, it showed it in the trailer. Like you could see them popping out and they get like, hey, what's going on here? Why are they the same guy? You know, same guys. But I didn't know that because I didn't watch the trailer. So I got surprised when they pop out of there. I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Oh, wow, look at him too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. I had no idea Rosario Dawson, Madison, nor the two of them would be in. And just like you said, it's such an awesome surprise. So once again, public service announcement to everybody. Never watch a trailer. You're going to be so thankful. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't remember. So what did you think about Madison and her being, um, uh, or we, we didn't talk about this, but like her turning into a zombie. As soon as I saw her eating that, I literally thought in my brain, she's got an allergy. Like that's what's going on. But they were thinking that she was turning into a zombie and all that sort of stuff. What are your thoughts? I absolutely love it. They totally tricked me. I thought she was turning into a zombie. Peanut allergy never would have occurred to me. I mean, she didn't even know that uh, Trail Mix had peanuts, you know? So I can't be blamed for not noticing that. I loved it. Yeah, same here. I, I really like the interplay between Madison and Wichita and how uh, Wichita, obviously, she's like, uh, you know, this <laughs> um, Columbus went and cheated on me. Obviously, she's been gone for quite a while. But anyways, um, I like the the interplay. Like Emma Stone is actually smart or, you know, Wichita smart. We got Madison's really stupid. And so um, she is like, you know, um, being sarcastic or Wichita is being sarcastic as well as like, you know, humoring her and just being kind of I thought that was rather fun. I I thought so too. And uh, I really like the interplay also between uh, Tallahassee and Little Rock. I like the fact that he kind of, he is super immature. He's like a gigantic big kid. He's like a 14 year old now with guns and the ability to kill zombies, you know, but he's basically taken on a father role to Little Rock and kind of smothering her with his fatherly, you know, ways and stuff. And I like how that kind of pushed her away. I just overall, the character development within all these four, our original characters, I thought it was spot on. It really kept me entertained and kind of like wanting to see where the story goes and what the characters are going to do next. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. And it, all the characters and I mean, the acting was great. I thought they all did were really, really enjoyable. Let me ask you out of the main characters, let's say, you know, even I, well, we can add Luke Wilson and Thomas Middleditch in there as well, but like all the main actors in this movie, which one would you say if they were real life people, if they were real life characters, who would you hang out with? Oh, that is an interesting question. Probably. Woody Harrelson would be too grating. Jesse Eisenberg, probably Jesse Eisenberg, even though he is a bit nerdy, he seems to be able to hold conversations with other people and say some kind of interesting things, seems knowledgeable. Probably Jesse Eisenberg. Got it. Yeah. Or or another, a different one would be Rosario Dawson, because I've always been in love with her. She's just an incredible actress. And uh, Rosario Dawson, maybe Nevada. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. I mean, every single time I see in her movie, she's so believable. Like, it brings you in the movie. Like, I every I mean, she plays so many different has played so many different characters, and every single time, like, I know it's her, but I see like anyway, she's just a fantastic actress. Um, who do you think I would want to hang out with out of all these characters? Well, your answer would be Woody Harrelson because you guys can talk guns and shoot cans. Or if this was actually zombie apocalypse, you'd be out there shooting zombies all day. I absolutely love Tallahassee. 
Mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. And you know what's funny is um, everything he says, like when he starts talking about Berkeley, Berkeley, I was like, oh, yes. That was so good. Yes, I loved it. He hates hippies, hates pacifists. <laughs> I loved it. That was so funny. And, you know, you know, you know Tallahassee's personality is a little, more, you know, grating at the same time. But, hey, that's just the spice of life. You know, people yeah. are different. And you just got to be able to be um, – now, there are some c- certain personalities that I just don't get along with. I, it's either like the, the sullen, reserved, um, you know, type – I think that's the type of personality I can't get along with. Uh, it's just – hard for me. Like I like love to be able to make uh, conversation and hang out like um Columbus, he'd be fun to hang out with too in a sense, but like he'd be a little like oh wow, you're a little too like know it all. Like uh, it just that's that's uh, that kind of gets on me, but um, with Woody Harrelson, he's, he's talkative. He wants to have fun. He wants to enjoy life. And and he might be abrasive, but hey, shoot. I mean, I think just about every single person can be abrasive. But um, yeah, I really, really like uh, Tallahassee, his personality, how he played every bit. Not saying that's how I would be, but it just made me laugh. I was just like, oh, that's so awesome. I, I hate Berkeley too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you for a hundred percent. She's dating a singer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 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 That's so good. And he is like, okay, uh, Berkeley, as well as everybody else uh, in the Hippieville, there's no way I could live there. Like, I'm totally down. I'm happy that at the end they decided to all leave what looks like a really darn safe place. But, man, I couldn't I couldn't be around those uh, group sex hippies. Oh, my goodness. I absolutely. So you don't like the baby lawn? No, 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 I'm not. A, I would not stay at Baby Lawn, but I would take their idea. I So when I saw them using shipping containers, double stack shipping containers as walls, that is the perfect defense against zombies. Way better than a brick fence, chain link, any kind of fencing out there, right? I absolutely agree. I'm now, stealing their idea. Yes. And I, what in the world is that tower thing in the middle of literally freaking nowhere? That was just rather... I didn't, I, you know, as I'm, we're thinking about it, I'm like, that just is a skyscraper just out of nowhere, literally forest all around. What is the deal with that? Do you, did you catch that? Yeah, I saw that. And I was wondering if there is actually some city somewhere, because they, I don't recall them saying what city they went to where the Hippieville was, but maybe there is a city with a gigantic 20 story tower somewhere out there in the middle yeah. of nowhere, you know? Maybe, but I would never start a business like that because you have to have people to actually visit it in order to make money. But uh, so I really liked the aspect of, like you said, when we're talking about um, uh, baby lawn and having the shipping containers. Now, you obviously need a forklift. You need something that's a forklift might not be strong enough, but uh, it possibly could. But yeah, you need to be able to stack those. But that is a great, great idea because you have two barriers and you could even put like concrete in the middle there in case they try to break through one section or something. Or you, know, you, you just put- use those for storage too, you know? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, even yeah, living, yeah. Even living space in there. You absolutely can't. So I agree. That is a really, really good. Even if you want to make it three high, like if you have the ability to make it three high, mm-hmm. so it makes it even harder to get in. So I, I like that. Now, when they when Tallahassee's driving away, he sees the onslaught coming. That is just crazy. Who in their right minds would fly off rockets or firecracker fireworks in the air to and Knowing that zombies are going to come after it. Like, how stupid can you? I mean, obviously, we know Madison's really stupid. We know that the, you know, the Civil War bearded guy, he's really, really stupid. So it's like, what are you guys thinking? 
Yeah, that leads directly. I mean, that's my Monday morning quarterback. Screw the fireworks. Do not do that. But that was the same kind of issue at the end of the first movie, turning on an amusement park with the lights and the music, drawing zombies to you. So once again, it was kind of repeating a plot thread or a plot line or, or you know, uh, whatever. It was repeating something from the prior movie. But I was happy with it because, hey, they're freaking hippies melting guns in a zombie apocalypse. I mean, what else are they going to do, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, what else is the most stupid thing that you would do? Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. But what uh, a thing that comes to my mind is it's been 10 freaking years and no humans broken in there to try to kill them all because they don't have guns to protect themselves. No zombies. Like, they've done stupid things like this for the last 10 years. How are they still alive? And so obviously we suspend our, our idea that they've been surviving for 10 years successfully. And then now all of a sudden it happens. But, oh, well, you gotta you got to suspend that, obviously, because we see, you know, um, zombies running around, T-800s and all that good stuff. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things I like about these two movies is that they have built a world that it's actually kind of easy to live in a zombie apocalypse. I mean, we see our four heroes going around, traveling around. They find the White House. They're not all dirty and unkempt. They have clean clothes. There's electricity everywhere. There seems to be food because they're not scrounging for food. These hippies have been staying alive for 10 years, like you said. I just like how the world, the zombie apocalypse that they've built, they don't have to concern themselves with roving bands of humans trying to kill other humans for their supplies and stuff. I mean, we just get to the good stuff. You see zombies and they kill zombies. That's what is the fun in this movie. Not trying to build a realistic world, you know? Yeah. Now, you and I, personality-wise, are different. Obviously, we get along very, very well. But our personalities, being either an extrovert or an introvert, this world is not made for an extrovert. So if somebody like me, I'd be like, dude, I got to be around people. Like, I just, even though we just have three of us, like, let's let's try to find more people. I didn't need, I need more people. But for you, this might be the perfect, literally, like, everybody's dead other than, like, you know, a handful of people. You'd be happy, right? I would be, I'd be fine with it. I can cope in a world like this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For me, totally different. I need to be around people. Now, obviously I need to be alone sometimes. And, but I also, I, I just get energized around people and that's, you know, being an extrovert, that's just what happens. And so if I'm literally alone, oh my goodness, that is, I, I, I would go hunting. I, I go deer hunting, elk hunting and things like that. Um, bring home meat for the family. It's just fantastic to be able to do that. And if I'm off hunting for more than two days by myself, I'm just like, I got to get out of here. Like I just need to be around other people. Even if it's like, you know, I go off and I hunt during the day, uh, you in the morning and the evening, but then I come back to camp where my family's at, you know, we have four kids and my wife, that makes me feel better. And so I could get away and then come back. But yeah, so thinking of Zombieland, I know that I would need to be around other people. I definitely could not be like uh, Madison living inside of that ice cream uh, uh, freezer. I could not do that. At least I would, it'd be really, really hard to do that. Yeah, I can understand. Well, I couldn't do that either by myself the whole time. But if I had a few key people, namely my family around me, it's it would be much more doable, survivable in that world. Yeah. Did you like the way that they, the, the plan that Tallahassee made up really, really quickly to take care of all the T-800s that are running towards them? Did you like that plan? Totally, man. It worked. <laughs> I would be surprised if that plan actually worked, that they didn't try to uh, weasel through that barricade of humans holding him there. But, you know, the plan worked in the end. I was down with it. And he risked his life doing it. And he earned zombie kill of the year guaranteed. Even though that Leaning Tower of Pisa one was pretty sweet, I think that uh, dive off the top of the building was the best. Was it? The, I think it was a century, right? It wasn't just the year. Zombie kill of the century. 
Oh, is that what it was? Century? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So I I thoroughly liked it. I liked that I didn't see what the, when he you know was teaching them. Okay, you hold this up and you kind of funnel them in. I didn't realize that exactly like that's the plan. But as soon as I saw them come out of the top level, I was like, oh, that's awesome! You know, like lemmings, they just jump jumping off. The one thing that they should have done though is have somebody in the crane operator sitting as a crane operator and literally you know pull him aside as opposed to just letting him hang and then swing back. I mean, that is rather crazy. But at the same time, it's like, who would have the guts to actually jump like that? Now, what I would literally have done is made it so much more safe rather than jumping and catching that hook. That is so much more dangerous than if there was like uh, maybe something else that you can grab on the way that helps you to jump. You're already holding on to it before you jump. Then you jump and then you swing further away as opposed to being swinging back into the zombies. But that gets a lot of tension. You're like, I was excited. I was like, oh, what's going to happen to Tallahassee? So what do you what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you right there. But it did add to the tension of the scene. Like, is he going to die? And then the whole kind of hanging off of it and his fingers are slipping at the very end. It made sense why they did it. Yeah. Oh, you know, it definitely made a lot of sense. So my Monday morning quarterback would be to... Now, there's other ones like, why in the world did Nevada have all those lights on for the Elvis? Like, seriously, it's like, boom, like, everybody come here and kill me, you know? And so that was one. Um, another one is, I, you know, as far as Monday morning quarterback, I would have definitely... That's not... Now, I would agree with this. Jesse Eisenberg or Columbus taking the blue suede shoes. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they fit. That's a good one. If he didn't, I would have said, you got to take that. But my money minority quarterback is I would have um, rigged something to where I am for sure holding on to whatever is before I jump. And then the crane operator can make sure I'm far away from any zombies that are running off the edge that could grab onto me. Absolutely. I love that Monday morning quarterback. That's really good stuff. Uh, you just mentioned blue suede shoes. Is that your prop from the movie? I th- I've been, I really, really thought about it, but no, it's the whole entire Elvis getup with the, ha- the hair. <laughs> <laughs> with the handlebar mustache too, huh? There you go. Or well, sideburns, I mean. Or no, this, yeah, sideburns. Mutton chops. Oh, mutton chops. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yes, with the mutton chops. Well, you know, I, I really like I think that'd be fun. But one thing I really, that, that if I think of any prop throughout the entire movie, one that I really, really liked was um, Wichita's um, AR-15 with the rocket launcher or the, the grenade launcher on it. I thought that was solid. I would definitely want that. Is that the one that had the two drums at the end as well? Two drums. Or is that I a different mean, gun? Because she had a, oh, a gun. So what that the two drums, that's basically a magazine that probably holds close to 100 rounds. And you just keep loading it in there. And you would, now it's it's very freaking heavy. Like all the 100 rounds is very, very heavy, but you got so many extra rounds just in case. And so, um, yes, you'd have the same exact firearm, but you would have that magazine that goes in with the two round, the two drums, like you're saying, that holds about 100 rounds. So all that combined would be fantastic to have. Nice, man. I did like that. And I thought about that for my choice, but uh, at one point. Pause that, pause that. I have one even better. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that one a lot, but I would definitely take the Abraham Lincoln picture and put it in my room and have him watch. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice. Staring Lincoln. Yeah, staring down at you. I love it. I'm just kidding. Okay, but no, seriously, if I'm really looking at all of them, I really like that rifle, but I loved when um, Tallahassee gave Little Rock 
that pistol. I thought that pistol was awesome. I thought I looked at it, I was like, I want that. Like that is awesome. So out of all of them, it's the it's the um the 45 caliber that he gives to um Little Rock that I would want. Yeah, that was the Kings, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. I thought about that as well, but my choice was a different one, a different gun that Tallahassee held. It was that flintlock uh, rifle with the bayonet attached from the White House. Oh, you really? Yeah. That's surprising. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Well, I've just never, in all these movies, all the guns that we've chosen as props, I've never chosen like a flintlock old style rifle. So it would be cool to have this one. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a fun one, especially with the bayonet on top too. Mm-hmm, for sure. So let's go ahead and get into our lessons. What's your first one? First one is always confirm your kill. I love that. I think that's a great lesson, especially I like going hunting. And so when I go hunting, obviously, I try to make my shot is as accurate as possible. Um, I try to make sure I it's as ethical as possible. So it takes down the deer or whatever that I'm firing on uh, very, very quickly. But then at the same time, um, you want to confirm your kill. So you like, you know, if you have zombies running around, you don't just shoot them and then think, okay, they're dead and just walk away. Confirming it is one of the best things to do. Cause you never know if they're going to like every single zombie movie, we know, oh, they're, 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 uh, they're done. And then all of a sudden you get grabbed in the leg and you get bit and you're dead. So always confirm your kills. You're right. That is a really good one. I, I love that lesson. My first lesson is always strive to do and be better. And in the movie, this is exemplified by Tallahassee. He, he has a drive not to earn zombie kill of the of the year anymore, or maybe it was weak originally, but now zombie kill of the century. And I just love he's always, you know, striving to do better. And, and he accomplished it at the end, I think, with killing so many T-800s, which are so hard to kill. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. That's good. Cool. So my second lesson is... Never park your car, your vehicle in somebody else's driveway. Yes, in more <laughs> ways than one. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. I I thought that interchange between Luke Wilson and um or Tallahassee. What was he? What was Luke Wilson's character's name? Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the interplay interplay between the two of them and um, Flagstaff and Columbus and how. Flagstaff and Columbus, like, they like appreciate each other. Like, hey, yeah, you're, this guy's pretty awesome. But I, I don't know. I don't see any resemblance, but he's awesome. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree with you. I like that. That's a good lesson, too. Uh, my second lesson is kids learn by example. And you maybe don't know this until you actually have kids for yourself, like you and I do, of course. But Little Rock... She left her sister at one point with a little note, just like they've left Tallahassee and Columbus over and over again, right? It's simply a learned behavior. Kids learn that and they're going to repeat it. So keep that in mind before you start doing things in front of your kids that you shouldn't be doing. That's a fantastic point. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that, especially when I see my kids doing things that I do. I'm like, why are you? Uh Oh, that's what I do. Stop doing that. I need to stop doing that. Exactly. My kids fart in my face every opportunity they can because I showed them how. Uh-oh. See, I, <laughs> I screwed up, man. <laughs> yes, you sure did. I literally don't ever do that. <laughs> Good. And don't start. Do not start. <laughs> and so my last lesson is going along with one of the rules or commandments is the world's your toilet. And obviously, we currently don't have the world ability to do that because, you know, there's there's other people. But in the zombie apocalypse, absolutely, the world's your toilet. But definitely, I I mean, whenever I can go pee in the outside, like I'm going hunting or camping or whatever, it's like, why would I need a toilet? Like, I just literally have a tree right here. We're, we're totally good. Awesome. So my third lesson is, and it's just a quote from the movie, and I 
think uh, I think it was Wichita that said this, but she said, if you love something, you shoot it in the face so it doesn't become a flesh-eating monster. And so, yeah, that's what you do in the apocalypse, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now, why in the world, that, that's a great point, that brought up, how did Columbus literally try to shoot her in the face and miss, or he just couldn't have, didn't have the heart to do it? Yeah, I think, well, he said it at one point, He or when she came back into the story, he said that she he shot above her head to scare her off because he didn't have the heart to do it, which oh, is a good thing now looking back, you know? Got it. No, she said that. If I remember correctly, she said, thank you for shooting over my head to scare me off. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. And But he didn't. I, I don't remember him actually sharing why he did or did not. Uh, maybe I miss her. I don't. Yeah, I thought he's the one who said that, but whatever. At least yeah. he didn't shoot her and she was still alive. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it totally tricked me, man. When I saw her come back in that ice cream truck or uh, clown truck or whatever, I thought to myself, how did she survive? Is there a cure now? And, you know, the allergy thing was a big surprise to me. Oh, okay. So you didn't think he actually shot her? No, at the time, initially, when she was turning into a zombie, I thought he did shoot her. Because Dude, you know look back the to first, the van. You and, know the first um, rule. Of what? what you know, the first rule of watching well, movies. I know that unless but... they show you the actually getting shot and dead, they are not dead. Yes, that's true. But when they they flipped back to the van, you see Wichita's face like he had just shot her. She had a look of horror on her face while she was looking out the window towards where they were. So you <laughs> could construe that as he shot above her head and didn't kill her, and so she was upset about that. But at the time, I thought, oh wow, he really did kill her, but they didn't want to show it. Uh, I think you're being yep. a little so too gullible. they tricked me. They sure did. Yep. They sure, that first rule of zombie movies, unless they actually show them dying, they're not dead. Yep, yep. Um, so let me guess. Your favorite scene of the movie is at the very end during the credits with Bill Murray being the first one to start killing zombies. You are, dude, you, you know me so well. Absolutely. I thought it was fantastic. He goes, do you really want to know why? Drugs are expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bill Murray's he's looking older, that's for sure. But he was fun to watch, you know, and he made it seem like no big deal. But, you know, splashing plates together on somebody's head is not going to kill a zombie. So I, I was kind of like, it should have been a little more aggressive, in my opinion. But I did like how he was very nonchalant about it. He's like, ah, no big deal. Just kill another one. Here's another one. But yeah, I was just like, I, the way I he's- agree with you. It was really good how he just, you know, here's the problem. Here's the solution. Bam, I'm doing it. And he didn't uh, didn't have a care in the world, it seemed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I loved the, oh, we quickly going to, I wanted to quickly talk about murdering somebody. Mm. <laughs> it was, how did that, like, who would have known other than the four of them and the one person? Like, how did that come out that Murray was doing that and all that? Yeah, who knows? Who knows how? But it was a funny aspect of the movie when she came out and told them about it. And then when somebody like Columbus just keeps rambling because, I mean, you could easily catch, like, he's caught. And so the reason why he's talking so fast and so much is because he's caught. And you're like, man, this guy, there's something up. (laughs) Yep. Totally. So what's your favorite scene? It is uh, the fight in the Elvis Museum. It was a pretty cool fight, and it was like one big tracking shot to where they're just kind of following the different characters around while they're fighting off the T-800-ized Albuquerque and Flagstaff. I thought that was fun. And tracking shots like that, the one one take, that takes a lot of talent, a lot of time, and a lot of... um, expertise in putting together a shot like that it's so much more fun to watch movies that have this and one that i really i remember now um 
It is the Daredevil TV show. There's one fight where he is in the um, prison and he's fighting his way out. That was brilliant. I mean, literally like a five-minute fight scene, action fight scene, no cuts, and it looks literally brilliant because it looks like it's him and they do interchange like where the stunt double comes in and then he kind of plays out it. I, I thought that was awesome. Just like this, it's really fun watching scenes like this. It takes a lot of talent, a lot of, and you could appreciate what they've done. 100%. And I agree with you. That was a great scene as well. Loving that. Um, so let's see. Anything else we didn't mention about uh, Double Tap? No, no. I, I, and oh, yes. What is your grade for the movie? Oh, easily A. I would say. I'm at an A as well because it was so enjoyable. I actually would say that if I were to watch either movie again, I would watch this one as opposed to part one. What do you think? I agree with you. I would choose part two over one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you do need to, I would think, it's helpful to have one because you can get catch a lot more. You see a lot more like nuances and it helps you to understand and appreciate the story more. But I would I enjoy part two more so than part one. Yep. I'm right there with you. I agree. Alrighty. So, Dusty, this movie was your choice. So, next week is my choice. And in two weeks from now, the next Terminator Dark Fate is coming out. And I think to help prepare us for that, we have to watch the best Terminator ever, Terminator 2. T2. Love it. Love it. T2. I, well, I remember seeing T1 when we were really, really young and then seeing T2 come out. I was, that was like mind blowing all that. Like nobody ever thought of like liquid metal becoming a Terminator. Like that was so mind blowing. And then they had like 18 other Terminators in there that weren't very good. And then hopefully this one's going to be good. What are your thoughts? Are you, um, uh, cautiously optimistic or do you think it's going to be good? Or do you think anticipating something bad? Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, the prior three movies, from what I understand, I did a little research online. Uh, Terminator Rise of the Machines was part three. And then Genesis. And then, gosh darn, the the, four, the fifth one I don't remember. But all of those are now considered non-canon. They, you can think of them because the movies have time travel. It's just an alternate timeline. So the canon stories are Terminator 1, Terminator 2, and then supposedly now this one, Dark Fate. So Interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so this is supposedly in the timeline. This is supposedly picking up after Terminator 2 then. Yes, yes. But Linda Hamilton's like 30 years older, so I guess it's probably 30 years in the future, you know? Dude, how old is Linda Hamilton? I don't know. She's got to be uh, at a minimum in her 50s, right? She must have been in her 20s when T Terminator 1 came out in the 80s, and it's been at least 30 years, so probably Terminator- near 60. Yeah, Terminator 2, T2, came out in 1991. My goodness. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Now, is um, Edward Furlong going to be in this? I, I miss him. He was a good actor. Yep, I haven't... I, I can't remember the last time I saw him in a movie. I saw him in a little B-movie when he was like some kind of a photography photographer-artist kind of thing. But yeah. yeah, he hasn't been in much, I don't think. Cool. Yes, let's do it. So we're going to do T2 and then T Dark Fate. That is right. All righty. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Now that you know how we feel about Zombieland and Double Tap, we want to hear your thoughts. So go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 71, and leave a comment. All righty, then. My name is Sky, And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with... 
Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Judgment Day.